Be only a burning fire for progress. Take whatever comes to you as an aid to your progress and immediately make whatever progress is required. A wonderful quote by Mira Alfasa, known to her followers as the mother. She was a spiritual guru and a collaborator of Sri Aurobindo who considered her to be of equal yogic stature to him and called her by the name the mother. Hello, my name is Malati and this is my show titled The Impressive Empress. Here, I talk to women leaders, women who have had a humble beginning and have forged their way to leadership, a position to which they have been elevated thanks to their selfless efforts at making a positive difference to the world. Our mind is like a monkey playing tricks with impulsive irrational and at times even destructive behavior. Any excellence that we strive to achieve, the monkey mind becomes our biggest hurdle and once tamed, it becomes our greatest asset. The tamed mind is capable of direct perception, devoid of memories, beliefs or colored filters. Truth reveals itself in perception. Our today's guest Dr. Mala Kapadia, a human resources professional who has done pioneering research work on emotional intelligence in the ancient and modern Indian context. She founded Tame the Monkey, a consultancy practice through which she introduces people to transformational learning that enables people to change from the inside out. In short, she helps tame our monkey mind. Now, let's get to know what makes Mala the impressive empress. Hello, Mala. Mala Hello, Namaskaram. Namaskaram to you. Welcome to our show titled The Impressive Empress, where we talk to women leaders from various walks of life, understanding their inner journey. And uh, as I went through your profile and your website, I'm so glad that I'm meeting someone uh, with the same kind of thought process. Welcome to our show. Looking forward to enjoying this conversation with you today. Thank you, Malati. Let me congratulate you for this idea, first of all. Thank uh, you. Usually, you know, we don't talk of the inner journey, right? People are more interested about the outer world and what all have you achieved and done. Uh, yes. However, as you rightly pointed out, the inner journey is more important. I'm glad somebody is also interested in inner journey. Uh, Mala, can you please uh, briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, sure, uh, Malati. I'm uh, Mala Kapadia, professor and doctor both. Uh, born in Mumbai, India. Uh, however, over the years, I've realized that this city is a great dream place for many. You know, many people from all over India would have loved to be in Mumbai. Uh, and it's a privilege to be born here. However, my spirit always felt alienated and wanted more serene, greener, nature-connected life and community. Though Mumbai is great for the academic and professional growth, so grateful for that entire journey. However, last two years, I have uh, chosen to uh, enjoy a phase of life which is called Vanaprastha in India which is where you are, you know, now taking a backseat, retiring, following your passion more than a career, 
uh, where your family responsibilities are almost over. So this is the juncture where I am in life right now. And uh, being born in Bombay, naturally my entire uh, education was in Bombay. I'm very grateful to my parents because uh, they put me in a school which was recognized by UNESCO at that time. The school name is Nuera. And our model of education was excellent. And I think today what I am is because of my school. Uh, till primary education was entirely in regional language, mother tongue, Gujarati. However, uh, one subject turned into English, uh, you know, every year. And mm -hmm. that's where it was beautiful because we were rooted in our culture and uh, language. Because it's always a language which connects with, with our culture. Absolutely true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So who I am as a person, who I am as a woman has a lot to do with my growing up years. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe tell a little bit more about that uh, early years model of education that you were mentioning? I didn't catch the name uh, quite clearly. Yeah. The school name is a New Era. Unfortunately, uh, it closed down and uh, another organization has taken it up and obviously they have now turned it into an English medium. But New Era School began with way education philosophy. Uh, starting with Montessori. So we have spent more time in our, uh, you know, Maidan uh, or the free place to play and uh, doing uh, more uh, body work, right? I mean, we had a lot of sports. We had a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, we studied science in gardens rather than in classroom. Uh, we had puppet shows. We had science exhibitions. Uh, we had sex education in those days when people didn't even talk about sex in school, right? It was a great model uh, for any school to imitate and be inspired with. Hmm. That's uh, really nice. I mean, something that's something that I've never heard of uh, in the Indian education um, right. system. And also it was a co-education school, right? So hmm. uh, you grew up being very comfortable with having boys around you, right? I mean... Mm. It didn't intimidate you when you go to a college. And uh, I, mm -hmm. I could see that in a lot of girls who came from a girls' school or boys who were only in a boys' school. Yeah. So that uh, understanding of your identity as a gender is very different when your uh, early years of schooling are different. What kind of uh, qualities then did you carry along from that part to what you are today? A oh, lot of qualities. One is creativity. I think that was the basic in our entire education. Uh, we had no exams till seventh standard, you know, and, and therefore any day teacher would come in the class and say, okay, uh, surprise test today. Uh, therefore, that has, I think, prepared us for all the surprises that come in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And you're always prepared. Therefore, you would study regularly a disciplined way of life. Uh, you are able to enjoy, balance out life because we had a lot of library and outdoors uh, along with the classroom. So the teaching was not only in classroom. It happened through a lot of activities, uh, which was one of the great fun part, you know. And therefore, I see myself today in a classroom as a professor. Uh, I realize that I, I do bring out a lot of joy uh, to the classroom. 
and students are able to relate it in a different way. Wonderful. Life couldn't have been better with no exams until <laughs> grade seven. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Also, we had four languages, you know, we had, of course, Gujarati and English. Uh, we had Hindi and we had a choice between Sanskrit and French where I chose Sanskrit and I'm glad I did because uh, it, it has continued in my life journey, you know, taken me deeper into my Indic knowledge research. It's helped me a lot in my life. Quite impressive, I should say. Maybe a little bit about the work that you do now. For you, I tell you the work I do now, I'll have to take you through my journey uh, because I, I graduated from St. Xavier's College in Mumbai in psychology. However, I was very disappointed with the curriculum, Malati. You know, unfortunately, in India, even today, most of the curriculum is borrowed from the West, uh, specifically America. And a lot of textbooks are only American textbooks, uh, which are published in India. Uh, and I, I was lucky enough in my school days to have a teacher, uh, Jaishree Ban Bhatt, who was a disciple of the mother and Sri Arvindo. I mean, in fact, she had stayed with the mother. And uh, in my childhood, I remember her giving me small booklets to read by the mother and mother's blessings on my birthdays. Uh, and therefore, my understanding of life, psychology, yoga came from the mother and Sri Arvindo. So when I took psychology as a specialization in my graduation, I was very disappointed to uh, be forced to study only abnormal psychology and, you know, uh, psychology from a very superficial Western path. Uh, the West is now waking up to what they call positive psychology uh, and, you know, integrating it as a part of their curriculum. So my post-graduation, I shifted from St. Xavier's to Ascendity Women's University. And in India, people would know that, you know, shifting from a prestigious college like St. Xavier's to going to a women's university sounds like, you know, downgrading yourself. Mm -hmm. However, I'm glad I took that journey again, thanks to one of my professors in St. Xavier's, uh, Ila Mehta, who's also one of my favorite authors and writer, that she uh, actually inspired me to follow my passion and heart. And, uh, you know, now when I look back, Malati, it sounds uh, funny, but in those days, for a Gujarati girl, the ideal path post-graduation was to get married to a Gujarati boy who would come from U.S. and go and settle in U.S. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad my parents never had that dream for me, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I could do my post-graduation in Gujarati literature. Uh, taught for a year in junior college, did my PhD uh, and also my PhD guide, Dr. Suresh Dalal and also the person, the author on whom I did my PhD, Dr. Suresh Joshi. Uh, I included psychology because in my life, psychology has never left me even today. Though I left the, uh, you know, the official study after graduation. So literature actually made me aware of human nature, understanding relationships and life at a very different level. Uh, PhD helped me go deeper and I integrated psychology in my PhD by giving a thematic apperception test to the author. So even in my PhD days and post-PhD, I uh, 
taught in the same school, New Era School, where I studied. And uh, suddenly one very nice offer came my way. Uh, one of our Gujarati writers, uh, the esteemed magazine Femina, you would have heard of it, right? The yes, Bennett yes. Coleman publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've read the magazines. So. Yeah, they were coming up with a Gujarati edition. Mm-hmm. So one another, Ila Mehta's uh, elder sister, in fact, Varsha uh, Dalja, and uh, she invited me to join there in the editorial team. Uh, however, she left uh, within a year and I was promoted to be the assistant editor. And that took another uh, journey in my life, you know, where uh, being an assistant editor of a women's magazine. However, because it was in a Gujarati language, uh, I had the freedom to, uh, you know, have it positioned in a very different way. Because Femina is otherwise looking uh, in a very stereotyped way of women, right? So there have to be pages on food and parenting and uh, fashion, you know? Yes. Uh, very, very little of the expansion of the heart or the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where Gujarati Femina, uh, I could position it in a different way, invited a lot of our great writers to write uh, in that magazine, give women a very different view, world view, I would say. Now that I'm a management professor, I can say that was a, actually creating a different world view. I never realized when I was with Femina that I was doing that. But I think uh, the divine has its own plan, right? It gives you opportunity uh, to grow. Uh, yes. it, it puts you into crisis or it puts you into situations and you learn, right? You, you get just pushed. It's like as a seed, you know, when you are planted, you think it's all very dark, right? But uh, when the seed sprouts and you come out of the mother earth womb again, you realize that, oh my God, I was being prepared for something greater. Yes. To emerge a shining star. That's true. <laughs> Very interesting journey that you have and uh, the extra special work that you did for Femina with the women and uh, showcasing the women in a different light rather than just fashion and uh, beauty tips and things like that. I enjoyed Femina for those things, but uh, definitely I would have loved to know a little bit more about how women in India had done. Thanks for that work, extra special work that you did. Thank you, Maliti. Yeah. So psychology has always been um, with you. So what got you interested in psychology in the first place? Basically, uh, the same question that any child has, right? What is this world all about? What are the relationships? Who am I? Uh, why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? Uh, and that's where I was drawn to spirituality from a very young age. Uh, thanks to my teacher, Jai Shri Ben, as I said, uh, I got this reconnection with the mother and Sri Arbindo. And I realized that uh, in India, you know, uh, we have never had Indian psychology, right? Because uh, I realize in my research now, uh, post-Femina, let me just continue the life journey because post-Femina, yes, post yeah. a stint in journalism with Femina and then the Illustrated Weekly, uh, I got this opportunity to work in human resources. And I had no idea what human resources or what management is, you know. 
but the opportunity came i started studying again did my post graduation in human resources through a correspondence course and i had a wonderful boss who was a good coach and a mentor both uh, mr davan in bennett coleman itself and uh, uh, it was wonderful to you know not to worry about a career or anything but just learn and uh, this is what i realized you know that when you don't look at anything as a job but you see it as a role and responsibility uh, and you are able to take all the challenges that come your way right or even the opportunities that come your way so there is fear i mean like i had lot of fear before jumping from journalism to management however when you have a strong mentor in your life he or she can really be a good anchor and uh, not just guide you but support you uh, tell you that it's okay to have self doubts right uh, we all have it and i think somehow though men may not uh, be so vocal about it we women are quite vocal about it with at least each other about our self doubts right absolutely true yeah yeah so it's i feel it's it's okay to have self doubt it's okay to have fears uh, however uh, what worse can happen right i mean i could have failed in management and gone back to journalism uh, but that's okay so uh, but fortunately touch would have never gone back to journalism as yet uh, continued in human resources changed organizations kept on learning uh, and growing and uh, that's where i by 2001 i was restless and i said oh now i want to be my own boss because you are a vice president human resources with a television channel sub tv and you realize that all you are doing is working for others right i mean uh, the work life balance is not there you are not able to really focus on your purpose in life and that's where my company started uh, tame the monkey So I said I want to be a consultant uh, in the field of human resources because I love to work with people. However, tame the monkey uh, includes a lot of spirituality, Ayurveda, yoga, uh, psychology work. So deep work that we do with people, not just HR processes and uh, systems, uh, or uh, you know recruitment uh, or you know manpower planning, but working with people at a deeper level to help them become a talent yes i mean uh, it's something unique that you are doing and uh, just now you mentioned uh, that you have uh, you integrate so many different fields like uh, literature psychology neuroscience management ayurveda yoga ancient wisdom i'm reading it out from your website because it's a big <laughs> list i cannot <laughs> it's a big list i cannot hold it in my head integrating quantum physics energy sciences wow it's a divine design as you call it so yeah it is it is yeah how did you get the uh, intelligence or the knowledge on each one of these subjects did it take oh, a long no 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 it, you know see it's a continuous journey and i think i'm still a student right because knowledge is such a quantum field uh, there is never any end right i can never say i've arrived i've done you know i know everything in psychology or in management uh, that never happens 
uh, life has its own way of teaching you something new all the time. However, I've also realized that the more yoga we practice or meditation we do, uh, you know, the knowledge download happens. Because now we are talking of iCloud and, you know, information being stored up there somewhere, which is invisible, right? I mean, everyone accepts it scientifically. Uh, however, at another level, if you see this, uh, there is always all the knowledge which is up there, uh, the divine knowledge, which is the unmanifest. And it, it wants to manifest. And this is where the mother's uh, philosophy guides me, you know, because she very clearly says that you can download any knowledge you want. You just have to go deep within yourself uh, and surrender, surrender to life, surrender to divine. And the divine will give you what's needed for your purpose. So it's very weird that uh, Ayurveda happened in my life. And uh, the more I read, the more deeper I'm going into the wisdom. And there are times when you just dance with joy because Ayurveda came from Atharva Veda. So I got Atharva Veda, you know, one of the books on Atharva Veda by Pandit Satavlekar. And uh, as you would have seen on my website, I've also written a book on emotional intelligence. Yes. And of course, like any normal uh, Indian, I, I came to know about the term through Daniel Goldman's book in mid-90s. Mm. However, because I had done my literature uh, post-graduation, I had studied Natya Shastra. So I had studied Navarasa uh, and, you know, uh, I could connect with yoga and Ayurveda that, oh, emotional intelligence can be dealt with not just as a cerebral uh, skill mm. or a cognitive skill, but it's more to do with your holistic transformation. And that's where I, I started writing my, uh, doing my research and writing my book uh, on emotional intelligence. But while I was reading Atharva Veda, uh, there is a mention way back, almost, I don't know, 3,000 to 5,000 years ago, uh, where a Rishi has written that our heart and our head need to be integrated. Wow. And I literally danced with joy when I read these things, you know. And I feel that, wow, if, if only we women had read all this, you know, yeah. while we were growing up, while we were being prepared for life. Uh, because even today, when I look around, you know, uh, with a lot of Bollywood influence on the youngsters, uh, people are being, I mean, especially girls are being prepared only for that one day of marriage. However, mm. what happens post your marriage reception, nobody prepares you for that. Mm. So then there are mother-in-laws who are, who are worried that a daughter-in-law will take away my son. And then there is a daughter-in-law who's worried that my mother-in-law will never allow me to live happily ever after you know so rather than being friends with each other they start seeing each other as enemies but i feel that if we had read our indic wisdom you know or if we had enough uh, older generation in the family sharing all this wisdom with us you know stories with us uh, maybe the entire identity crisis that women are facing would be much less will vanish in the years to come with your five-star work possibly let's see what the divine wants me to write because <laughs> <laughs> yes. i was also reading for one research for one organization that wanted a program on uh, women empowerment and uh, we had chosen dash mahavidya 
So the 10 archetypes of mother figure, you know, from the Indic wisdom, uh, it's a basic work in Tantra. But I could relate a lot that we as uh, modern women could learn from, you know, because each Devi or each goddess represents a certain kind of energy. And what if we stop looking at ourselves as beauty and fashion and our daughter and a mother, but we look at ourselves as divine goddesses, you know? Mm. Uh, the life would be so different, right? I mean, there would be so much joy. Uh, there would be so much more sisterhood in the world. Uh, this, is, uh, this is very interesting. I mean, I, I also do have these kinds of moments, but I would like to hear it from you. Uh, it's it's very interesting. Now, it requires a certain kind of emotional maturity to, to start thinking of myself as one of the multitude of uh, deities that we have. But what is the process? How do I get there? Before yeah, I, I can actually the... start practicing that on a daily basis. Right, sure. I mean, basically, I would say, uh, and this is, I do a lot of work with young uh, women, young uh, students who come to me. And I always tell them, focus on your breath. You know, uh, do a lot of breathing exercises because our emotions and breathing is connected. So first, calm down your emotions, right? I mean, if you, I mean, I've seen young girls, if they break a nail, uh, and they have to go for a party. There is a major crisis in their life, you know. That mm. how do I go for the party now tonight? You know, but you heavens are not going to fall. Yeah, exactly. But even false nails, I would say, why go for anything which is false, right? Yeah. I mean, look at how women have been objectified uh, by the entire fashion industry. You know, everything that we have, I mean, if with the project for us to be a perfect woman is false. False eyelashes, false nails, high heels, nothing which is comfortable, right? I mean, makeup, waxing. Right. Why can't we just be we, right? I mean, except my body, whether I'm fat, whether I'm thin, whether I'm tall, whether I'm short, or whether my hair is curly or straight, you know? I am a beauty in myself, whoever I am. Uh, of course, in India, there is aesthetics played a great part. But it was more as increasing your internal beauty and supplementing outer beauty with natural uh, ingredients, right? Uh, not so much being artificial. So I think our identity crisis that, that's happening because of the fashion industry, we need to shut that out. Oh, and mm. to help that, breathing helps a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, look at the dolls we give our daughters to play, the Barbie dolls, right? I mean, why should they be all looking very made up and uh, beautiful from a certain perspective? So, you know, the moment we learn to accept uh, everyone as beautiful, right? The life itself is beautiful. I am beautiful. You are beautiful. Uh, and then I want to find out more about who I am. And the more deeper I go and the more deeper you can only go within yourself. One, when you spend time yourself. And two, uh, if you spend time with nature, like I spend a lot of time in nature. I love my garden. Uh, I love my flowers. Uh, they are all uh, very divine to me. And the moment you connect with them, 
your own divinity starts coming out you know mm. i'm getting goosebumps i was just uh, <laughs> discussing about this last sunday about oh, wow. how much we can learn from nature and uh, amazing our conversation is only getting better with time yeah yeah that's true yes because i've done a course it was an online course uh, it's called eco psychology uh, and the book uh, given to by us for the course was uh, reconnecting with nature and there uh-huh. are beautiful exercises amalati in that you know in fact the first exercise was to take permission from nature before even connecting with nature so it says i mean the the writer says that do you just walk into a neighbor's place open the refrigerator and eat the sandwich you don't do that right i mean you mm. build a relationship and you know you seek permission before infringing anyone's privacy and the same sacred relationship we need to have with nature and mm. uh, it was a simple exercise we were asked to connect with any part of nature and at that time i was staying in bombay in bandra and i mean it was very difficult to go away to a forest or any such place so i just looked out of my balcony and there were nice uh, coconut trees and i could see the sea little far away and the sky and i seeked permission and oh my god it was an amazing experience malati mm-hmm. the you know you realize that you are not a body you are not a mind you are also consciousness which is right out there and which is within you and then every time you connect with those trees or you look at the sky or the sea there is a personal relationship now there is a bond now you know it's it's so nice to hear what you say but i i personally feel that we are all at a very different uh, levels in terms of connecting with the nature i also get to read that when you were talking about there is lot to be downloaded from the cloud so Uh, there are there are people who say that there is a huge ring of knowledge that is constantly circulating the earth and uh, by constant practice one can tap into that knowledge absolutely very good very interesting so you were saying that uh, as women we are always uh, we are objectified and if only we we understand who we are uh inside out then it definitely makes life more worthy and more beautiful so of course uh, i'm i'm in this talk show the impressive empress i've been talking to women leaders but i would understand i would like to understand from you if this inside out or understanding who i am is something different for the male and the female or the man and the woman what are your views <laughs> on that it's it's nice that you want to listen to this because Uh, i've been talking about it for more than a year now and uh, actually now working with my some of my male friends on designing a program uh, we have not yet uh, given it a title but on male empowerment you know <laughs> there is so much on women empowerment right and uh, we think as if women are the only victims and suffering and you know they have lot of problems uh, however when you look at life uh, holistically you realize that men are as much a victim of the stereotyping right i am so, so happy uh, you are mentioning this thank you <laughs> even as a boy uh, you are being told by your mother uh, and father both that don't boys don't cry uh, i mean you know so they never learn to express their emotions 
there is so much taboo on uh, their expressing their uh, emotions freely or uh, there is so much macho image which is expected out of them right so uh, even if they want to deviate from this uh, it's it's not possible they are not able to deviate from these stereotypes uh, and they are as much a victim as any a uh, normal woman would have been a victim you know unfortunately neither men have been talking about it nor women so we have not really seen uh, us as human beings which means that we both have masculine energy and we both have feminine energy it's just that you are born as a gender uh, but also you get groomed you your entire social upbringing happens as a gender and not as a human you know so there is so much unlearning that we both have to do or oh, and there is so much new learning which we need to do uh, we were just talking of emotional intelligence right and emotional maturity as you mentioned mm -hmm. and what i see uh, these days in my students because i teach uh, at an mba global college and i realize that a lot of boys are showing uh, sensitivity emotional intelligence they are able to cope they are taking good care of their friends uh, who are girls not in a flirtish or a wrong way or exploitative way but a genuine concern for the friends you know while i unfortunately also see lot of uh, girls uh, being manipulative taking advantage of the emotions of these boys uh, a very common trend is i don't know how to cook and i don't even want to learn how to cook as if cooking is you know or not a right thing for us to do in this era uh, it's either or you know so i'll either be a career woman or a homemaker uh, not realizing that we can balance it out right uh, whether you get married or you don't get married but uh, if you cook if you know how to cook your mental health is much better because you know what's going in your body and your mind but unfortunately girls are missing out on this in a big way yeah this uh, it's becoming a kind of a competition and, yeah um, it's uh, yeah i would uh, i would leave it to anybody's judgment whether it is sad or not but how do you manage then as a family person how do you manage your work and your private life and um, what can we learn from that uh malati for me fortunately uh my family has been very supportive uh, whether it was my parents or my in-laws later on or my ex-husband we have divorced uh, but we are still friends uh, which means we can go and have coffee and flirt with each other and you know have a nice evening but finally uh, we go back to our own homes uh, that's the kind of positive relationship finally we have ended up of course uh, when we divorced there was a lot of negativity that we had uh, between us uh, fortunately i i was able to outgrow it because i realized that it's not that somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong you know uh, in life uh, we all uh, mature at different times mature with different speed our priorities change our values could be different Uh, but i was i was always supported in my career uh, from my ex husband or my in laws uh, and, and therefore i always felt even in femina i used to speak about it a lot in women forums that 
joint families uh, since we don't have much of community living joint families uh, especially where everyone understands each other and support each other uh, is the best thing to happen in anyone's life you know because i don't have i can leave my child at home and i don't have to worry because my mother in law is there taking care i'm not leaving my baby with uh, a maid servant whom i don't know from what kind of culture is she coming what values is she bringing uh, because in earlier times you had people who were part of your family right yeah they did not stay in a slum in mumbai and go back home to a uh, a very bad family situation go through their own family traumas and next day morning still come back to work and then take care of your house your cooking your baby uh, so i i really feel that i've been lucky somehow uh, that i could balance well thanks to the family support uh, and therefore i'm a great believer in family so even after separation my son uh, grew up to be a more healthier person because he saw that we did spend family time together whenever he wanted us to be together as a family you know setting priorities at uh, different stages of one's life is is very important yeah extremely important and this is where i think we women miss out uh, because in uh, career i have seen uh, that most of the men and this is how organizations that are designed by men there is a very linear career progression right uh, so you join as a maybe uh, lower level uh, staff and then you aspire to be in the top management and it's a very linear process uh, without giving you any balance it doesn't give you balance in your uh, life personal life where you want to have a baby maybe you want to take a break you want longer maternity leave your baby is growing up your husband needs you your in-laws or your parents need you because they are growing old uh, maybe you want to work from home maybe you want to take a break Uh, and this kind of now the hr is looking at these things uh, however even now uh, it's still a struggle right so if you want to be a successful woman you have to do everything which a successful man has done and what have they done they could compromise on family life they could have no work life balance and be excused for that they could miss out on birthdays and anniversaries or not take care of their parents because there was a woman at home taking care right but now with both the spouses working uh, i and and this is what i have done in my life malati that i never looked at a vertical progression in my career uh, you know i'm rather focused on how where am i growing and how where can i get a balance uh, and that's where i realized that okay i have reached the level of vice president but to continue there i'll have to uh, because that's the time my father developed cancer of course he recovered and it was much later that the cancer in a different part of the body happened again but i realized that no i need more balance so i need i need to work right but i don't need a job so we can always find roles uh, even with spjn school of global management i've been with them for 16 years and i continued only as an adjunct faculty rather than uh, being a full time faculty so you grow from associate professor to professor to director or a dean you know and then to a vice chancellor of a university uh, but i never felt that i want to do that because 
then my growth uh, in my research my balance in my personal professional life uh, the spirituality that i want to uh, practice so as a consultant or as a adjunct faculty any time i can take a break uh, i can say okay now i'm writing a book so next 3 months i only want to focus on that or my family needs me so next 6 months i may not do uh, many teaching assignments and that's the freedom uh, you get when you you develop your own voice so i feel whether a man or a woman we all need to learn how to develop your own voice you know and speak your own truth you are a great example for others i should say i don't know about example malati but yeah i have been it has been my uh, process my life process to become a better person right i am not a perfect person but uh, i have heard more uh, to my inner conscience my heart than my brain uh, made lot of mistakes in life obviously but never been guilty for that because when you learn from your mistakes or even when you admit to your children that okay uh, as a mother i was growing up you made me a mother right i was not a mother when you were born so it was a new role for me and i didn't know my responsibilities well maybe i made a mistake sorry forgive me and then when you do that your relationship really becomes much stronger with your children true the the other day when i was talking to another uh, women leader she was also mentioning about opening herself up to the people uh, who matter like her daughter yeah. or the the immediate uh, uh, community she works with so okay it, it it makes a big difference to to them to know that uh, okay you have been there done it emerged well so i think i can also do it it gives them the confidence that somebody you know living alive in front of me has made it so i also can do it so it gives them the absolute confidence yeah, absolutely absolutely but, but for a person going through the challenges or difficult times or you know in in terms of uncertainty or in in, in a kind of a difficult situation like in terms of your father not being well there are so many situations where we are being tested how do you emerge out of that i think that's that's not very difficult because you know we need to really learn to be in a moment right so uh, when my father's cancer was diagnosed i was uh, in coimbatore attending a conference and i had just come back uh, and uh, he was waiting to share this with me you know uh, that i think it's going to be positive uh, and the next day it was diagnosed to be positive uh, it's okay it's it's a challenge but fortunately i can say that for me my role model apart from my father of course was my role model but my role model for uh, life has been both my grandmothers who dealt with life's challenges beautifully you know uh, and also my mother who prepared me for death as a reality uh, and celebrate death rather than uh, take it negatively so going back to my uh, both my uh, grandmothers my father's mother became a widow at a very young age uh, however she managed to you know uh, take care of the family got the sons married and once they were married she had one daughter three sons uh, she would come to our house but 
she would she was very clear that this is this son's house this is this son's house this is this son's house and her home was separate in the village uh, and i never saw her uh, you know imposing herself or her way of life on any of the daughter in laws and also with her she would be more uh, talking about values and life and storytelling rather than preaching you know so uh, that helped me look at her as a very poised woman very graceful woman and also my mother uh, she was very intuitive and when she realized that uh, her time is near she was very young in fact but she wrote a long letter to me and my sister we are only two sisters uh, about the do's and don'ts post her death and what she expects out of us as daughters you know and how she wants us to like she asked me to tape rag darbari because she is into classical music and she said when i'm breathing my last you play this you know and i said mom if you know you were breathing your last i would rush for a doctor and she said no don't rush for the doctor play the music and i think that's the greatest lesson that any mother can give to a daughter right beautiful and uh... what did, did you finally play that music for her i did but unfortunately she was not in her body of course she was around her soul was still in the room i could feel that because she uh, left us in her sleep you know so early morning papa called me and i reached and uh, the first thing i did was that i played the music uh, because i had promised her so i had to do it right yeah it's um i mean like you said already it is uh, these moments in life that teach us so many valuable lessons absolutely yeah. absolutely i would like to now move on to something that's uh, very dear to so many people what do you call yourself a successful person today <laughs> i don't know what a successful person is uh, but yeah uh, if you ask me i'm a satisfied person because if i look back at my life journey uh, i'm happy about where i am right now and who i have become you know and i i'm i'm still to discover what will unfold right i mean the mala kapadia that you are speaking with right now i'm not a final product uh, i don't know what's going to unfold uh, from me uh, in coming years but yeah i i like the person i have become because i was very shy very introvert a very cranky person i never had a voice or uh, not assertive you know uh, but somewhere uh, very clear about the inner purpose and inner journey and now when i'm i'm able to uh, connect with people inspire people write books uh connect the dots uh, in uh, you know life and make a larger picture better i feel that yes uh, whatever purpose divine has given me i'm working on that path and that makes me feel happy and satisfied that's all also touching lives right because as a teacher you touch so many lives as a author you touch so many lives like i have grown up reading lot of literature in gujarati and hindi both uh, and of course marathi being in bombay uh, so lot of writers whom i admired uh, maybe one day i want to write fiction like them like krishna sobti mrudula garg nasira sharma 
Amrita Pritam. Uh, these are all Hindi writers. Uh, or Ilara Mehta, Varsha Dalja, Kundanika Kapadia. These are all uh, Gujarati writers. Or I don't know if you've read uh, 40 Rules of Love by uh, Alif Shafiq. Uh, that's one of my favorite books in recent times. Mm -hmm. Where he, he talks of Rumi and his uh, spiritual partner. And there is a parallel of uh, a modern woman in Boston and how her life is transforming, you know. Mm, interesting. I would uh, try to grab it someday. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful talking. So, uh, so you wouldn't know if you're successful, but I, I like what you said. I'm a very satisfied woman. So you are satisfied with the way your life has progressed, how you have uh, done the work that the divinity wanted out of you. Did I catch your phrase correctly? Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's okay. True. So what are the traits that you think have brought you to where you are today and you're able to give back to the society the way that you're giving back? Uh, when you say traits, maybe it's more of uh, creativity, uh, expanding the focus and horizon. Uh, and okay, now I say I'm satisfied, but there was a time when I was not satisfied. I always knew uh, that I can become more, I can do more, I want more. Uh, want as not the materialistic want, uh, but maybe knowledge, maybe relationship, uh, maybe the satisfaction out of relationship. Uh, and, and therefore, I was a seeker. I, I'm still a seeker, uh, but I was, I've always been a seeker. And I read in uh, Elif uh, Shafiq's uh, book that don't go with the flow, be the flow. And I think over the time, uh, one becomes that, right? Uh, so you don't go with the flow, but you be the flow. You become the flow. That's a kind of a definition for a leader. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we always tend to think that the leader is one who leads. But I would uh, beg to differ and say that a leader is one who has followers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we are slowly coming to the end of this conversation. It's a pity, but I would like to end this with some, with some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Sure, I'm ready. What is the one characteristic that every leader should have? Integrity. Why? Because that makes you uh, credible, right? If I don't have integrity as a leader, uh, like how we say in our Indian wisdom, uh, manasa vacha karmana, I should be the same person because I'm saying something and I'm doing something. And unfortunately, this is the biggest leadership gap that we have today uh, at many levels, whether political, social, organizational, cultural, religious. You know? So integrity to me is, is the more critical ingredient for a leader. Mm -hmm. What is the one behavior or trait that derails a person on the ladder of leadership? Lack of emotional maturity. What is the most significant barrier for a woman to assume a leadership role for impact? Thinking of herself as a woman. Okay, could you Think, please elaborate? If she, 
yeah if she thinks of herself as a talent right as a gift that she is bringing to the organization where she wants to become a leader then she will become a leader but i think her own self perception self belief uh, or uh, lack of self belief becomes the biggest barrier where do you get your best ideas from oh as i said from the sky from the akash okay unmanifest yeah uh, it actually know. happens you know it it really sounds magical but uh, when you just get into this zone of not even thinking you are not even thinking you just go blank right you are sitting and doing nothing and that's such a beautiful thing and that's the time when suddenly either uh, something from the height comes into you or something from within you starts sprouting you know as a new idea as a creative connection connecting the dots mm true it's 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 magical for those who have experienced it yeah very yeah. true very true and uh, what would be your advice for someone who want to start along the lines as you are advice is difficult because uh, we never listen to anyone the else's advice right so i would stay away from giving an advice to anyone okay suggestions <laughs> it's, it's yeah yeah it's more like a suggestion right uh, okay so uh, because uh, i mean i've learned this from my son you know he always used to tell me that be like a google map the google map never forces you to take a lane right it only tells you that maybe this is a less traffic area uh, so you know as a parent you should learn to be like a google map so as a leader also i feel that uh, uh, if i want to inspire someone uh, to be themselves or to be their best self uh, i would say trust yourself you know don't overcome all your self doubts because you are divine everyone is divine and we all have a purpose why we are here it's you know you don't have to go out to find it it will come from within so believe in yourself you know believe that you are a gift and work on yourself to become that gift absolutely impressive pleasure getting to know you up close and i totally enjoyed the conversation with you thank you for thank being you on so the show thank you so much thank Thank you Malati I enjoyed it too The role of a leader is to lead and hence holds the decision on the direction of the organization one needs a compass to know the right direction or else the journey becomes futile a lack of compass could result in the 3e crisis of the economical emotional and ecological crisis Thank you Dr Malakapadia for helping people and organizations illuminate the inner wisdoms and understand that the compass is within us in the heart intelligence salutations to such inspirers in our lives Thank you so much for listening in I hope you liked this conversation and found it inspiring if you think this could help transform minds please share this with friends family associates anyone do you have a question that you want me to ask our next guest 
do write to me at empress at bhogya.online E-M-P-R-E-S-S at B-H-O-G-Y-A dot online. I look forward to receiving your comments at bhogya.online slash the impressive empress. While there, you can also get to know about more of such leaders and how you can lead like the impressive empress. 